Hey, Ruth. Hey, Rachel. You want to take a trip to Lovecraft Country? So when I saw the announcements for Lovecraft Country, I immediately thought of you because it is 100% your shit. Yeah. And did you feel the same when you saw, saw it? You mean, did I think of you or did I think of me? Because I did kind of think, oh, should I get HBO? Should I steal somebody's password? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you think you thought of my HBO password? <laughs> I, I did. And I thought, you know, what would be super fun is if Ruth and I talked about this show because it is extremely not my shit. It is the opposite of my shit. So that's, um, that's how we ended up here. So I need some background. I have some questions about Lovecraft Country. All right, hit me. Okay, so uh, the first question that I actually honestly don't know the answer to in truth is uh, <laughs> just who is H.P. Lovecraft? So that's, that's a lot to answer. So who is H.P. Lovecraft? Well, he was a guy that was born in the late 1800s and lived about till the 1930s. He didn't live to actually be very old. He died of probably stomach cancer. He had a really terrible diet. He didn't have a lot of money and made some bad choices. But he's most known now for his effect on horror writing. He's really known for two things. Um, One is how influential he was in circles that gave rise to modern horror writing. And the other is for how incredibly and overwhelmingly racist his stuff is. Particularly anti-Black, but definitely also you've got some anti-Semitism in there. You've got um, xenophobia. You've got pretty much just everything. So I I grew up in a house where sci-fi was the, like, our idiom, and I was never exposed to to this. Um, we went back kind of from hard sci-fi, so we got to Ray Bradbury, but I never, we never had any of this um, in my my mix growing up. So I don't know how we avoided it. I could ask my mom, I guess. Was like, what do you feel about H.P. Lovecraft? I will, in fact, ask my oh, mom. Oh, I would love to hear what your mom has to say about that. Yeah, uh, but I, I just, I've never uh, knew anything. Like, I'm, I'm familiar with Lovecraft in the, in the kind of way that I know quotes from Anchorman. Like it's just kind of in the, in the culture tentacles and unknown Mm -hmm. depths and that kind of stuff. So you said a little bit about what his deal was. So my other question is, is this some kind of like whole shared universe situation? Because there seems to be a lot more Lovecraft than just Lovecraft. Yes, and I think that's the big way in which he became an influence. So at the time, he was part of um, really two circles of influence. There was a lot of letter writing that happened back in the day. There's just incredible amounts of letters. I actually have some collected volumes, many that I haven't read, some of which have been heavily edited. So it's sort of a mixed bag on what you actually get. But he wrote to a lot of other people of his era and they would come up with these little shared worlds and shared ideas. So they would influence each other's writing and they also wrote for the same sort of set of magazines. He also, I guess as a third factor, he did some rewrites for less famous people of his day. 
He did a few collaborations, including one or two with his wife, Sonia Green. Um, he was married very briefly to a Jewish woman. That was a very complex situation. Um, and they ended up getting divorced. She was also a writer. He would write or rewrite people's works. And so you'd again have this influence on other people's sci-fi. And then after he died, one of his uh, protégés, August Derleth, really not only published his stories, and there's whole bits with his will and estate and whether Derleth quite had the right to do it, but he just went ahead and did it. But he also wrote all these uh, what are called posthumous collaborations. That's not a thing. It's it's not. Um, so Lovecraft <laughs> had like he had ideas written down. He had sketches of stories. He had everything from like the nugget of a story, like one sentence. This sounds like stealing. <laughs> uh, I, I think you could argue that Lovecraft probably would have been okay with it. Okay, but he might not have been okay with having his name on it. Um, maybe as more than inspired by, right? Like there's uh -huh. a difference between your friend writing something and throwing in a couple of your gods and a little bit of your, your world building for fun and a friend putting your name first on it. Being like, yeah, I wrote this with H.P. Lovecraft, kind of. So then Durla's stories <laughs> form a whole secondary mythos canon. And you also have writers from the, the 30s, like you have Clark Ashton Smith, who has his own primarily weird and sci-fi and horror stuff. You have Robert E. Howard, who is writing weird, a little sci-fi, and he's writing more adventure stories, things like Conan. But Conan has a whole weird element to it. And I can, I can explain what weird is in a sec. Yeah, so you get the Duralist stuff, and then all of this influences your modern writers. But some of the modern writers actually knew him or were involved with him. And so you can see his influence actually happening across time in the 20th century, because his last story, Haunter of the Dark, he bases it on some stuff written by Robert Bloch. He, in fact, uses the protagonist Robert Blake in the story. And then Robert Bloch, of course, is a well-known uh, second half of the 20th century, really, sci-fi writer in particular. And so he writes things like uh, Wolf in the Fold for Star Trek, the original series. So that's an example of like the kind of through line that the people that he would collaborate with or write with had in, in the 20th century. And you have people um, in the 70s, there was a big revival, I believe it was the 70s, of paperbacks of his work. And so again, that made it a yeah. lot more accessible. Yeah. Derleth, you know, again, taking the work, maybe stealing, founded a publishing house, Arkham House, and made sure that the work stayed in print. Again, one could ask, did he have the estate rights? Eh, there's a lot of argument about that, but he made sure the work stayed in print and it came up and influenced people today. And so there's a lot that you don't want to take out of it. But the reason that I found it so compelling is the idea that the mundane world really isn't what you think it is, that there are hidden underlying forces, that there are secrets, maybe family secrets, maybe world secrets that you just don't know about that could completely undo you if you found them out. And sometimes that can be really compelling. Yeah, that was my next question is like, why? Why is it so popular? And, and I think it, it must be that these themes are compelling and people want to just talk about the themes. So they just hop in a world that already exists so that they can just explore the themes without doing quite as much. It's like fanfic, you know? Right. Yeah. Fanfic definitely plays a role in it. People have a whole volumes of Lovecraft inspired works. Sometimes just by one author, sometimes a whole bunch of people writing their own, like, we took this little nugget, this monster, this concept, this uh, feeling, and we said, you know, what if we took this monster and put it in 
modern day city where I live or ancient Celtic ruins or all kinds of stuff. So, so this show Lovecraft Country is, uh, it's based on a novel. Yeah. A novel called Lovecraft Country. I don't know anything about this book. Um, do you? No, I, I actually haven't read it. So I am coming in completely unspoiled. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the creative group working on it. I know there's like Jordan Peele is an executive producer, but Misha Green is one of the writers. And Misha Green did Underground and I think some work on other shows like Heroes and stuff. So really looking forward to seeing what she does with that. Yeah. Yeah. When we look this up, there's just like a, a HBO level of executive producers on this stuff. There's like 15 people just involved in like an office. I don't know what's going on over there, but you know, that kind of production, I felt like worked out super well with um, The Mandalorian. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see kind of the the high level of of engagement with the story and how it comes together and really nice um, packaged story with a beginning and an end, one hopes at least to one complete story. Mm-hmm. They, if they renew it, one hopes that they'll go on to something different. Um, so would you like to watch a trailer with me? I would love to watch a trailer. So we're we're going to watch the official teaser trailer that was released at the beginning of June, which neither of us have watched really all the way through. Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. I love stories. Wow. So what is reality really is a central question, I think, of Lovecraft's work, whether it's the reality of your own family, you might find out some horrible secret of your past. If you're not lucky, it's like he's written a really racist secret of your past. But it could also just be that you're descended from cannibals, or that maybe your father is secretly taking control of your body which is probably the most horrifying concept that I've ever encountered in Lovecraft, but also questions like, are there other realities that just overlap with ours that we can't see? And can they see us? So yeah, what did you think? Like I said, um, I'm not, I'm not into horror. So, but I think there's been just such a development in horror and, and Jordan Peele is definitely somebody who's, super fascinating i i I worry because i don't like horror like i find the world itself terrifying and i don't want to have that kind of thing invited into my house because i'm I'm already like at a scared level yeah (laughs) in normal life but but i like but i've been encountering more and more media that is kind of like on this edge of horror or really kind of maybe getting back to the the basics of horror, which is not about jump scares and mm-hmm. gore, but is is about con- confronting reality, which is something that I am into. Like an example of something that, like, I still check and make sure that everyone has watched Train to Busan, um, which I haven't. But uh, I take what? I take an exception for zombie films. I can't do them; they make me cry. It will make it would make you cry. A, well, I, a I mean, lot. I watch other things that make me cry, but like anything zombie related, you know. When I was a kid, um, my mom told me how babies were made, and I asked her how zombies were made. Like that's how <laughs> long this has haunted my mind space. <laughs> um, so she but, told yeah. me, by the way, she told me like the Haitian the Haitian stuff. Um, sort of like, well, that's here's what the legends you. are, because she was very intellectual, and so she was like, 
you oh, know, so you didn't have any questions about that, but you want to know. Okay. Um, just just answer children's questions. This is a, a quality parenting approach. You know, and and Jordan Peele's work is is definitely, you know, that kind of thing where it, it's not, it is about being extremely scary. Like, um, I couldn't watch Us because I watched the trailer and, oh my God. Just, Us is really terrifying, like really good, <laughs> but really, I found it really terrifying. So it seems like the combination of Lovecraft and, and this uh, kind of new style is, is some a kind of entree that might be might be up my alley. Plus, it'll be cool to talk to you and cool to be actually up to date on a show because I normally wait about five years before engaging in any popular media. <laughs> yeah, hard same. So what what are you looking forward to in the show from, from what we've seen in these couple of trailers? I think I'm looking forward to the, probably most really the way that they tackle family and family secrets and how that might intersect with more cosmic levels of things we don't know. As you know, my my own father died about 18 months ago. And so I've had a lot of unpacking to do after that. And I think it would be maybe a good time in my life too to sort of cathart through somebody else's unpacking of family secrets in a completely different way and in a completely different world. And I'm also really looking forward to you know, the book Lovecraft Country was written by a white man, and that's probably one of the reasons that I didn't pick it up and read it right away. I really try to read most authors of color who write Lovecraftian style fiction. So you've got Victor Laval, Silvia Moreno-Garcia, some of N.K. Jemison's work is is Lovecraftian. I, I find that really important for me um, to read because I have read so much pastiche. Really, you talked earlier about fanfic and a lot of Lovecraft-inspired work could be pastiches. And I really want to see stuff that's transformative and that's not that's using the elements because they suit the story. And that's what I'm hoping to see here, rather than just like hitting a set of ideas. Um, like, okay, here are the five things you need to see in a Lovecraft story. I want to see something a little more transformative. I was really surprised, for example, when I realized that the whole twist was Lovecraftian in one of M.K. Jemison's works because it didn't have to be, but it could be. And that made it a particular kind of weird and eerie. Whereas Victor Laval does a complete retelling of the horror at Red Hook, which is also just a really fantastic um, dive into it. That's called The Ballad of Black Tom. And so I think getting a different and transformative perspective, the importance of having Misha Green on there as a writer, you know, if it, again, we're just being done by primarily white writers, if Jordan Peele weren't sponsoring, I will, I'd be really suspicious, I guess, um, as, as a lot of people probably would be of that kind of show. But yeah, I really want to see where this goes. And I think I saw enough monster horror in the trailers that I'm, I'm looking forward to a few good monster scares, but I think a lot of a lot of it may just be dealing with what is reality and what is our history and what do and don't we know about ourselves and our family. And that's also extremely Lovecraftian. And I would love to see that. So Yeah, there's this element of the, you can tell from the the trailer, the plot being in the 50s going from Chicago back down to the South, which is mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's a whole environment that is full of potential um, for storytelling. So uh, 
yeah, we're looking forward to some tentacles at least. Um, this is what I've been promised. Yeah, I think I saw some in the other trailer. We saw buildings falling down. We saw a fire. Uh, we saw dead people attacking or not. Yeah, I did know? not like that. That bit with the pulling the sheet off off someone. Um, no, not a fan. Do not yeah. want. Nope. I will probably have my face in my hands for that bit. I'm looking forward to some really excellent cinematography and color. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like that shot of the stairwell, of the wooden staircase, like that kind of stuff. Down for it. Uh, creepy woods, down for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, walking down a highway with blood on your shirts, down for <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Maybe I will end up just kind of terrified. But I really, as a person, to a fault, enjoy everything. I really just like people telling me stories. So I'm looking forward to hearing a story. So speaking of tentacles, do you want to come up with a rating scale for how we feel about each episode? So like a bad episode, which we don't expect that we would have, would have no tentacles, right? Um, so yeah. that's the bottom end. And the top end, I guess, would have to be like like an unknowable amount of tentacles. Like, Yeah, that sounds right. Like 10 or 100. That's just not. Like a mind-blowing amount of tentacles that would dri- <laughs> drive you insane. Um, so just anywhere on the range from zero to unknowable. That sounds good. Yeah. And if anyone's confused... There don't have to be tentacles in the episode for it to get an unknowable number of tentacles on the rating scale, obviously. I'm just still thinking about tentacle monsters now. What do you think of when you think of tentacle monsters? (laughs) I mean, have you... Well, one, have you ever seen the videos of octopuses getting through small spaces? Oh my god, yes. Yeah, um, that's ridiculous. And two, like... How are tentacle monsters on land? I mean, I don't know that many like cephalopods that I guess it might be the bayou. Yeah, the bayou plays a role in the um in the novel Call of Cthulhu. It's really all set around docks and to some degree I think someone's in New York City, but that does have a port. There is Louisiana Bayou. Now that I'm thinking about like Lovecraftian tentacle monsters, I mean you've got like two kinds. You've got the kinds that are definitely near the water. We've also got the kinds that kind of come out of uh, space. So you might even have like a void open in space and the tentacles come through and snatch you and take you back into another thing. So there's also like a dimensional aspect to to really all the monsters. I feel like I've seen that in some recent sci-fi, like in Picard and in Dark Matter, both you have these like Mm. cross-dimensional hordes. Yeah. Although now I said that the you know, that, that dimensional stuff is, is in all of Lovecraft's monsters. I feel like I got to backtrack it because some of his monsters are really grounded and earthy. And I say this as someone, you know this, I'm a huge fan of ghouls. Um, you know how I feel about ghouls. So yeah, like, I don't understand the zombies versus ghouls issue that you have. Like zombies eat brains and they kind of rot. And like, there's a set of tropes around zombies and they're sluggish and slow. And ghouls are are just another phase of existence. Like, you know, the other night when I dreamed I was a ghoul, which is 100% true, um, that was sometime last week, and I was really sad to wake up, but I I sort of dreamed that I died, and then I woke up again, and I was a ghoul, and I just had, like, different tastes. I was being mentored by ghoul parents. They got in this horrible spat. I was eating bone marrow out of bones, and... 
that was, I was, I was alive. I had impetus. I had, I had weirdness and maybe a slightly different body, but zombies are always in some way so very much more impaired. And it's not the impairment so much as maybe the lack of mental function while still being alive and moving and compelled to do things and slowly falling apart bits. Ghouls don't uh, do that. Ghouls have like uh, agency. Yeah, they have agency. They have nice rubbery skin, strong muscles. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm I'm down with rotting after I die. I'm not down with getting back up and then slowly <laughs> falling apart and having no agency during that period. I, I would rather just either decay or you know, I guess come back as a ghoul. I would really rather just decay, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do as a ghoul, right? But you just be like, uh, I can't imagine what kind of uh, agenda that you would have so much to force you back to life. I know that I am tired and I just look forward to not doing anything when I'm dead. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Hard same. I <laughs> I just like to just put me in the ground and, and let me let me decompose. I don't need to come back and do it all again. So I'm I'm also I want to say before we sign off that one of the other things that I'm really looking forward to is the the soundtrack because that's another thing um that's been of note in in Jordan Peele and some of these other newer newer shows and as I was looking through it it's got some of my favorite up and coming Atlanta rappers on it and I'm like really um you know you know how there's like a uh, lo-fi beats to study to this is mm-hmm. like creepy beats to skulk to <laughs> um so i'm looking forward to those you'll, you'll have to tell me the music after each episode because i know very little about music that's i not would in say my- i don't know that much maybe we should get a music consultant <laughs> and i'm looking forward to talking to you every week that is yeah. definitely a plus well i'll see you next week in lovecraft country
stay tuned for when my character dies and I rage quit this podcast.